Shalom Mishpocha. I want to give a shout out to our new listeners who we met at the 2021 Southeast Regional Conference and the 2022 Rabbis Conference. It's such a great blessing to have spent time with you, fellowship, and come together in live conferences. So exciting what God is doing in this time and season. As I want to pick up uh, in this month's Kadima talk, I want to talk about transition. Uh, we're, we're in a period, and this is no mystery to all of you, and it's been going on for several years. We're in a period of great transition. And, and the troubling part of this is there's a lot of ill-prepared leaders and we see congregations both in the Messianic realm and the church failing. We see businesses failing, unable to adapt or cope with the radical change in the paradigm shifts happening in our world today. So transition is key, and uh, it doesn't have to be your nemesis. It can be your opportunity to do even more for the kingdom of God or more for your business or whatever it is that you're doing. This new year, as we're in the year 2022, uh, is also bringing us into our 22nd anniversary as a congregation. May the 11th, 2022, will have been 22 years as a congregation in a full-time ministry. And so this is an exciting time for us as well. But I, I want to look at some biblical examples of, of transition, and most of this is going to come from Joshua today. In Joshua 1, verses 1 through 5, after the death of Moshe, the servant of Adonai, Adonai said to Yehoshua, the son of Nun, Moshe's assistant, Moshe, my servant, is dead. So now get up and cross over this Yardin, the Jordan River, you and all the people to the land I'm giving to them, the people of Israel. I'm giving you every place you will step on with the sole of your foot, as I said to Moshe. All the land from the desert and the Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittite, onto the great sea in the west will be your territory. No one will be able to withstand you as long as you live. Just as I was with Moshe, so I will be with you. I will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, you know, this is an interesting transition. Uh, their, their focused leader now for over 40 years has been Moshe. But because of his issues and character flaws, he doesn't get to take Israel into the promised land. Instead, the Lord takes him home. Now, as they're at the, the borders of the Jordan, preparing to go into the promised land, the Jordan's at flood stage. Now, when you come with us to Israel today because of the dams and, and the water being used by so many nations, when you cross over today, it looks like a very small creek. Uh, but to know back in this day before water control that when the Jordan flooded, it was a half a mile to three quarters of a mile wide, filling almost the entire Jordan Valley. So though they're in a time of great transition, transition always comes with difficulties. And, and I'm not going to elaborate on that today, but you have to know it's never easy. I've talked about this before. When we became a nation in 1948, immediately we went to war. As we crossed into the promised land, we immediately go to war. We have to fight. And so we have to have our guard up and prepared to battle in times of transition. I recently heard a great analogy from John Maxwell. Transition means letting go, which comes with some fear and even trepidation. It's like a trapeze artist swinging on the trapeze. To get to the next trapeze, you have to let go the one you're holding on to, which releases us into the unknown. At that point in time, this is when we have to starve fear and feed our trust. Again, in this season of great transition, we can learn quite a few important points from Yehoshua. I've been routinely sharing these past several years that we indeed are living in a period of great transition. I believe we're in the beginning stages 
uh, the return of Yeshua and the establishment of the Messianic reign here on this earth. How far are we into this? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's actually immaterial. What we have to do is be about the Father's business in this day and be prepared and ready. Adonai has designed transitions for kingdom purposes. In doing so, he gave us a pattern for how it works. Transitions aren't just change, but are a series of events designed to move you, to move us, to move your business, your ministry, the Kehela, the body of Messiah, even a nation, into a divine new direction. Even death itself is just a transition from this world to the next. In John 5, verse 24, Yes, indeed, I tell you that whoever hears what I'm saying and trusts the one who sent me has eternal life. This is the profound message and reality of Yeshua, that we trust in him or receive him as our substitute sacrifice and believe in the one who sent him, we will have eternal life. It goes on to say that is, he will not come up for judgment, but has already crossed over. Met Abba Inu in the Greek, which means pass over from one place to another, to cross over, to transition from one place to another. They've transitioned from death to life. Our lives in the kingdom of Adonai are one of transition. The kingdom is always moving. It's never static. A journey from this earthly realm to that of the kingdom until the kingdom itself transitions back to the earth, which I believe we're in the beginning stages of. It's never easy. Contemplate death. It's often a hard, violent transition, either aging and long-term decline or sickness, accidents, or some other event that brings about our demise. Adonai uses periods of transition to birth restoration, to birth revivals, to create awakenings, to shift history, to establish his will and dominion on earth, to guide, direct, and launch us into our prophetic future and our destiny. Adonai's presence transitioned from the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve to Mount Sinai, then from Mount Sinai to the Oel Moed, the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and from there to the temple. And then through Yeshua, he transitioned his presence from the temple to within you and I. We become the holy of holies. We as a people, the Jewish people, have transitioned from sheep herders to slaves in Egypt, redeemed from slavery to wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, then transitioning to the promised land, then removal and diaspora, then return, then transition back to diaspora, then transition back to the land again as a nation on May 14, 1948. And now we're waiting for the final transition to the Messianic reign in Yeshua's return. Dark storm clouds have been hanging over us for years now, with many people anxious and fearful. Wars on the horizon with Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, even North Korea. Many people we know, friends, family, neighbors, still panic over this pandemic, which, by the way, in the Greek actually means fearful people. There are several profound points here to be aware of in seasons of transition that we must understand. The first is people are easily entrapped, enslaved in crisis. In times of severe famine, a pandemic, or any crisis, fear is a horrible motivator. The citizens of Egypt gave Joseph, Yosef, their money, their land, their livestock, and even themselves as slaves just to survive and feel safe. People will do just about anything out of fear and panic. In Genesis 47, verse 25, they replied, You have saved our lives, so if it pleases my Lord, we will be Pharaoh's slaves. Listen, Hasetan does not want you to boldly trust in Adonai. He doesn't want you filled with a ruach, obedience, submitted, tithing, praying, reading your word, and drawing closer to him. Hasetan wants you panicked, frightened, scared, desperate, static, and enslaved to this world. 
He wants you trapped by fear, seized by panic, into depression, into despair, unforgiveness, into bitterness, into disbelief, and divided. Hasetan knows what most believers don't. A force wins by dividing and conquering the other force. Divide the people and enslave them through fear and panic, where they become impotent, apathetic, powerless, and spiritually dead, no longer a threat, just like Israel when enslaved in Egypt. Those who can invoke fear control the narrative. So we must, number two, fight against fear, the fight against panic and tyranny, lies, and oppression. We must fight for our freedom because those in power will not willingly release you like Pharaoh when we were enslaved in Egypt. His heart was hardened. He didn't want to let us go. It took 11 supernatural plagues, signs and wonders, and even the death of his own son before he finally released us from slavery. The word speaks to this in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We're warned not to let our freedom become the cause of our return to slavery in Galatians 5. King David gives us, a, gives us a profound revelation and understanding of kingdom transition. A young David was anointed by Shmuel to be king of Israel, but not until Adonai dealt with Saul and removed him from the throne. This, this took about 15 to 17 years. We're in a similar paradigm shift. A similar transition is occurring both in America, globally, and the greater kingdom of God today. The presence of God there's great apostasy. The presence of God is or has departed from a majority of mainstream religion. Apostasy, estrangement, rebellion, and general rejection of God has caused his presence to depart from many houses of worship today. This transition then is marked by confusion, violence, and tribulation. The world's power base is ending while a new king is coming. And those who are attuned, those who hear the voice of Adonai, are flocking to this new kingdom base and you know this, it's the Messianic base in preparation for the new king, Yeshua, who will reign in the Messianic age in that Messianic kingdom. In Yehoshua chapter 1, we observe another profound transition where Adonai commands Yehoshua the same as he did David, Kazakh, to strengthen, prevail, harden, be strong, become strong, be courageous, be firm, be resolute. In Joshua 1 verses 6 through 9, it says, be strong. Be bold, Kazakh, for you will cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers I would give them. Only be strong and very bold in taking care to follow all the Torah, which Moshe, my servant, ordered you to follow. Do not turn from it either to the right or the, to the left. Then you will succeed wherever you go. Can we just pause there for a second? This is the key principle for any business venture, any business, any ministry, anything you do in this life. If you pay careful attention and follow all the Torah, which Moshe, my servant, ordered you to follow, and if you don't turn from it either to the right or the, to the left, then you will succeed wherever you go. Yes, keep this book of Torah on your lips, verse 8, and meditate on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it, act, behavior, deeds. It's just not hearing the word, but a doer of the word, as James said. Verse 9, haven't I ordered you, be strong, be bold, kazachamats. So don't be afraid or downhearted because Adonai, your God, is with you wherever you go. God's call to Israel, kazach ve'amats, be strong and courageous, be bold. In taking the promised land is directly connected, kazach ve'amats, to being strong and courageous in following Torah, God's word, to keep Torah on your lips and to meditate upon it day and night. Then you will prosper and succeed, no matter what the future holds. In times of transition, character and behavior traits 
that David possessed were in times of tribulation and times of transition. Adonai doesn't want mediocre worship, mediocre praise, mediocre obedience, or mediocre followers. David followed Adonai with everything he had. Adonai's words, his instructions for times of transitions, kazak, be bold. Adonai mentions this three times to convey courage, strength, firmness, and trust upon Adonai's covenant promises. Transitions are a universal fact of life. Transitions are constant, and they always come. If you woke up this morning, you're in transition. Let's look at three foundational revelations of transitions that we all must receive and walk in in our lives. And here, what's in, this is really critical for leadership and to be a leader. Transitions build and shape our character. If you want to know the true character of a person, a man or a woman, watch that person during transition. In the midst of persecution from Shaul, Saul, then the loss of his wives, children, his flocks at Ziglag, David showed great resolve, patience, and character. David didn't panic. He didn't freak out or crumble in the face of adversity. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David was in serious trouble. The people were talking about stoning him to death because all the people were in such deep grief, each man over sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in Adonai, his God. Can you imagine? This is the great King David. This is before he's taking the throne. This is when he's at Ziglag. He's raiding the Palestinians. But they themselves have been raided. They, the, this band of men returned. The women, the children, the flocks, everything's gone. They're so grievous that they want to stone David. He didn't freak out. He, he didn't go, oh, what am I going to do? And, and just subject himself to failure and, and defeat. He strengthened himself in Adonai, his God. This is a key for every leader because this transition we're coming into, it's going to get worse. Difficult times lie ahead. But the people, the kingdom of God, are seeking strong leaders who won't panic but will strengthen themselves in the Lord and guide the people to victory. Number two, we must posture ourselves in times of transition to be active, not passive, to engage ourselves in the narrative of the transition. The time of transition allowed David to build, prepare, and get ready to rule all Israel, though he wasn't even king of Judah yet. He didn't waste his God-given time. Thousands of men, warriors, began flooding to David, aware of this transition. As I mentioned before, and I've shared this before, over 340,000 soldiers from all 12 tribes sought out David and Ziglag, who said in 1 Chronicles 12, verses 17 and 39, when David went out to meet them, he said, if you're coming to me in peace to help me, my heart will be bonded to yours. But if you're coming to, to betray me to my enemies, then since I've done nothing wrong, may the God of our fathers see it and judge. Verse 39, all these soldiers who were experienced in war came to Hebron wholeheartedly to make David king over all Israel, and all the rest from Israel were single-hearted and wanting to make David king. Now, mind you, in this transition, the presence of God had already departed from Saul. Israel's engaged in warfare with, with the uh, Philistines and losing. Israelis are hiding in caves. They're fleeing. Great transition is happening, but those who are in tuned, these warriors, they come to David and bond themselves to him because they know he's the leader for the hour and it's their heart to make him king. Adonai gave them a spirit of unity to be echad, of single mind and purpose for the fulfillment of his prophetic word. We too, as a congregation, as a ministry, are posturing ourselves to do the same, gathering those who are like the men and, and women of Ishakar who understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do, 
200 leaders and all their kinsmen were under their command in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. Profound scripture for this time and season. Not aware of what, and I've shared this just recently, not what they should do, but what the nation should do. That's what God is raising up in this hour, in this time of transition in the body of Messiah. Not just aware of what you should do for your business or for your congregation, but what America needs, what Israel needs in this hour and time of transition. Number three, our foundation and guide for kingdom transition must be Adonai's infallible word. The key of this transition is recorded in Joshua 1, again, 7 and 8. Only be strong, very bold, and taking care to follow what? All the Torah which Moshe, my servant, ordered you to follow. Again, don't turn it from it either to the right or to the left. Then you will succeed. Keep this book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you act. You will do according to everything written in it. Then again, your understandings will prosper. Your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. This is the key to everything. See, now what the enemy is doing has been pulling everyone away from the truth of the word of God. We see apostasy in the general church. We see apostasy in the greater body of Messiah. We see a prostitution of the infallible word. We see people not having a biblical worldview. Why is that? Because the enemy know when he gets you detached from that word, you're his. You've got to be bold and strong. That, that word's got to be on your lips. You've got to meditate on it day and night so that you do everything written in it. Then you will succeed. If we strengthen ourselves, if we're strong and bold to keep Torah on our lips, to meditate on it 24-7, to take care to do what it says, to do everything written in it, you will prosper and succeed. That is God's promise. He didn't say may. He didn't say might. He says you will prosper and succeed. What a profound supernatural, divine covenant promise. If we depart, if we stray, if we prosthesize from Adonai's word in times of transition, we become susceptible to the traps, snares, and strategies of Hasetan that are designed to make us fail. Trust, vision, obedience, and execution equals results. Listen to me. This is interesting. I, I did this, but there's even more. Google the number of businesses and enterprises that started in the middle of the Great Depression over 80 years ago. The Great Depression. What a season of transition. But some were aware of and used this time to their advantage. Listen to some of these companies that started in the middle of the Depression. Ada, Feed and Seed, Publix Supermarkets, Hy-Vee, Ocean Spray Cranberries, Pendleton Grain Growers, Texas Instruments, and the well-known Yellow Book. Can you? But they all succeeded in a time of great what depression and famine and scarcity. Transition can be your greatest opportunity if you are aware of the times and know what to do about it. I want to share three more points about fulfilling this time of transition. Number one, it's critical that you hear the voice of the Lord. Yehoshua assumed his new role as leader of Israel for Moses, but this role required him to hear the voice of Adonai, which gave him and verification of the promises God made to Israel. He had open communication with God. He listened. Number two, it requires great obedience. A point to remember that in the instructions God uh, gave to Joshua, he said, get up and cross over this yard den. There's no how-tos given by God. God says, get up, cross over. Yehoshua had to rely on instructions straight from God to perform his duties. He commanded those carrying the ark, pick it up, carry it, step into the Jordan. And as soon as they did that, what happened? The Jordan parted and they crossed over into the promised land. Sometimes you just got to get up and do it. Number three, accountability. God provided three things for Israel to get into the promised land. 
plans. God gave specific guidances and blueprints to get things done. Two, B, he gave the word. God gave specific words to the work he is calling Yehoshua to do. Three, C, anointing. God gives the anointing for the ministry to bear the fruit that has been called to do. And if any of these three are manipulated, and often it's done, it thwarts the ministry of God. I've shared this numerous times. I can't tell you in the last 22 years the number of biblical leaders that have, have sat and met with me and had a, a no doubt in my mind as a divine supernatural vision from God. And it's so exciting because you know this came straight from the throne room. And yet they don't do what they were called to do. They get off tangent. They get off track. And they don't obey what God said to do. And it fails. Then they become dejected and and believe that uh, sometimes even God's not real. And they walk away from ministries. Don't do that. Don't get caught in that trap. Obey God. Do what he told you to do. And move forward. He will give the, uh, the anointing in his presence to get it done. God is free. And he often does call forth another work with different blueprints and different anointing, but man cannot force God's anointing for a specific calling into a plan created by man. He gives you the anointing to do his plan. If you try to do your plan, it won't work. And this happens all the time. A congregation or people call out for and cry to God for his presence, and when he answers, they don't like the blueprint, so they attempt to force that anointing and that presence of God into a man-made plan that fits their own desires. Then when it fails, they blame God when it's their own fault. There must be accountability regarding the mission, the plans, and the anointing. I could tell you in 22 years, we've had many roadblocks in an attempt to thwart our mission, to divide us, but we've overcome every one of them and have maintained our goals and directives that God has assigned us and will do so in the future. The three key points must be done in great boldness and in obedience to the word. Remember Joshua 1, 6 through 9, be strong, be bold. Be strong and very bold and taking care to follow all the Torah. Then you will succeed. Then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. These are the same three points God gave to Jehu, who destroyed Jezebel. God follows his own pattern, and we see a strikingly similar scenario. In 1 Kings 19, verses 16 to 17, Also anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to be king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Avel Mechola, to be prophet after you. This is God speaking to Elijah. Verse 17, Yehu will kill whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will kill whoever escapes the sword of Yehu. In 2 Kings 9, verses 6 through 10, Yehu got up and went into the house. This prophet did this. Then the prophet poured the oil on his head and said to him, this is what the Adonai, the God of Israel, says, I've anointed you king over the people of Adonai, over Israel. You will attack the house of Ahab, your master, so that I can avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and all the servants of Adonai, bloodshed by Jezebel. The entire house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every male, whether a slave or free, in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nevat, like the house of Basha, the son of Achaia. Moreover, the dogs will eat Jezebel in the dumping ground of Jezreel, and there will be no one to bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. So what do we get from this? Jehu received and anointed to do the job. He received the plans, the directions, and what to do, and he was obedient to everything God told him to do. The topic is immaterial. It's how we employ the mission that matters. We cannot move forward puffed up in pride. We need to move forward in love and hear the voice of the Lord and do exactly what he says. You know, Don Fento, your people shall be my people, the author there stated, don't look down on the person who's where you were at six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. We've all been there. 
We can't antagonize and influence at the same time. We need to bring everyone along with us. When Yehoshua moved forward, God's covenant is reestablished. In Yehoshua 5, verses 2 through 9, at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Yehoshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they'd come out of Egypt. This generation perished. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness had they come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who'd come out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their presence for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they finished circumcising all the people that, that stayed in their uh, places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach, the kerpa in the Hebrew, the reproach, the scorn, the shame, the disgrace, the blasphemy of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. This was not just reaffirming God's covenant, but it was rolling away the reproach, the shame, the rebuke, the disgrace, the discredit of Egypt from them. God was finished purifying Israel. God had taken Israel through the refiner's fire, refining Egypt out of them. Circumcision was the covenant sign of transition, that it was now time to enter into the promised land and receive the inheritance. Right after they endure circumcision, they're at the stage of entering into the land. And guess what? At the festival, the Moedim of Passover in a new year. In verse 10 of Joshua 5, now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate the produce of the land on the day after Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they'd eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. See the symbolism that God is revealing to Israel? Their obedience has delivered them from 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Passover, Pesach, marched the transition from a nomadic lifestyle to that of a nation with their own land and territory. The day after they celebrated Pesach, the manna stopped and they ate from the land. This transition included God's promise of inhabiting the land and the new year kicks off in the renewed annual feast day cycle. So where are we going with this? Let me summarize three points for you to lead, either your business, your congregation, even your family in this times of transition. Number one, have a plan. Many transitions go awry because the leader doesn't have a plan. Listen, write down your goals, your objectives, hear the voice of God, get direction, and lead. People are seeking strong leadership in this time of transition. The plan may have to be tweaked over this time of transition, but at least you have tracks to run on. The worst possible thing you can do is nothing. Number two, have clearly defined leadership roles. Clearly defined roles of leadership uh, will be taken throughout this transition, throughout this change. During transition, people need and want to know that someone's leading, that someone's in charge. If the roles aren't clearly defined, it causes confusion and frustration. Make sure everyone in your ministry, the business, your family, clearly knows who's in charge and who they interact with. This will help bring clarity and help relieve some of the stress that accompanies transition. And number three, over-communicate. 
As a leader, you may feel you've either heard the facts or talked about them too many times already. I feel this way often myself as a, as a congregation leader. But remember, the team, the staff, the congregation, they're not part of every conversation that you're privileged to hear. You may be excited about the transition because you have a clear picture with all the details, but transitions come for, with anxiety and fear because they are in the unknown. Over-communicate. This brings peace and shalom and removes the anxiety and fear. Tell them and move forward and the sheep will follow. Mishpocha, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may you strongly lead and hear the voice of God in these times and seasons of transitions. Shalom.